Next on BYU Sports Nation, who wants Bama? Hey, BYU football has an opening, but is that what the Cougars really want or need in 2015? What about 2014, Spencer, and year two of the Go Fast, Go Hard offense? BYU center Edward Fusi joins us live to discuss why BYU anticipates a special season. Plus, former BYU men's volleyball All-American and Team USA assistant coach Mike Wall on Taylor Sanders' very legitimate Olympic dream. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation on your television and radio, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Friday, May 30th, I am Spencer Linton, Friday. alongside a man who can quote literally every single line from the Disney movie Frozen. Every parent with a little kid can probably do that now, right? You would think. Yeah. Hey, wherever and however you're dialed in, glad to have you with us. So I'm looking at all of the things we've collected on this desk. And yesterday, if you missed the show, Kate Hansen, Olympian, brought us the Matruska doll. Matruska, as I learned from one of our Ukrainian camera operators, Marina, who's in here with us. Uh, Yeah, very cool. That she brought us that from Sochi. She delivered. I like the addition. We asked her to bring us something before she left for the Olympics, before she had 24,000 Twitter followers. Can you bring us something? <laughs> I was probably the one to ask. <laughs> hey, we wanted some swag for the desk, yeah, right? swag it out, man. That's the way she, I live my life. She delivered. She also said, hey, next time I'm going to be simulcast and then this is going to be on TV, you should let me know. <laughs> Just finished working out and came over. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Uh, join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUS and link up across BYU Sports Nation wherever you'd like and whenever you'd want. We remind you to listen to the show noon Eastern on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143, and as we mentioned, simulcast on BYU TV and on BYUtv.org. We've got a ton to talk about on Friday, so rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. We want Bama. Wait, what? Alabama athletic director Bill Battle is in a debacle. He needs an opponent on his 2015 schedule. In an article by Jeremy Fowler of CBS Sports. No relation to Blaine. He said, and I quote, right now, we'd take anybody. End quote. Huh? Then Fowler brings this up in his article. What about BYU, whose independence creates scheduling issues in the college football playoff era? No, it doesn't. Not sure I agree with that. Stop but it. Battle responded, we've called everybody we know. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> You've called the other 122 FCS, FBS teams, really? Battle wants to get this done quickly, says Fowler, because the longer Alabama waits, and now he quotes Battle again, the more expensive it gets for Alabama. Okay, so this opened up a firestorm of conversation yesterday <laughs> on social media. Is that what a firestorm sounds like? <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Okay, about whether or not BYU really wants to play Alabama in 2015. Like, should BYU play Alabama? Should the, if the opportunity presented itself, should BYU play Alabama? Apparently it did. But we, we ask you, and that's our Twitter question today, uh, is related to this very thing. Uh, Let me get the exact wording on this. As a BYU fan, do you want to schedule Bama at the cost of one less home game? Because BYU would have to have seven road games and five home games as of now. Now, BYU can certainly get out of contract or something, whatever. But uh, would you be okay uh, with scheduling Bama if it meant only five home games? 
We've called everybody we know. We'd take anybody. Both BYU and Alabama sounds so weird. Have Alabama open dates. I know, right? They have open dates on September nineteenth and October third. BYU has an opening on September nineteenth. By the way, interesting. Okay, so shall we go over the twenty fifteen schedule for BYU? <laughs> this this is where it gets really so September interesting. Okay, if BYU scheduled Bama, like you mentioned, they'd have to give up a home game or try and figure out something else, buy out a road game. But then you face the possibility of playing, hands down, the toughest September schedule BYU has ever had. I mean, it's... Okay, okay, 2015, here's what we've got. At Nebraska to open the season September 5th. And then this date is not confirmed, but uh, September 12th, it looks like Boise State at home. At Michigan, September 26th. So September 19th is available. The rest of your schedule looks like this. At Southern Miss, that game could be out, it seems like. Cincinnati, Connecticut at home, at San Jose State, at UNLV, Fresno State, at Utah State, East Carolina. So you don't play a P5 school outside of the first, uh, at Nebraska and then at Michigan. Wow. Playing at Alabama would be death. At, at it, like It's not going to be in Provo. Wait, wait, why would it be death? Why, why is playing at Alabama death? That's self-explanatory, no, dude. No, no, Yes, it no. is. Okay, okay. For one thing, it's just going to be a road game, which brings us to the stat of the day. <laughs> it's the BYU Sports like Nation stat of the day. Death. Come on. Dance like no one's watching. Fine, fine. Two. Alabama has traveled north of the state line of Alabama twice for a non-conference game in the last 10 years. <laughs> at Penn State and at Duke. Bam, hashtag Bama don't travel. Wait, have okay. they traveled north of Alabama and west of the Mississippi? No. They don't do it. Okay? No. Nope. So this would be a one-off if it happens. Granted, Fowler did to say me. in his article that Alabama is willing to consider a home-and-home, home, or as Jerem Jordan calls it's it, a home-and-road. Home it's not road. two home games. Hey, they would be willing to consider that, but would they consider that with a program like BYU because then all of a sudden they're going to Provo, Utah, they're not a place do that. that they don't want to travel to, that they don't need to travel this to. Is not, not, this is not 1989 and 1991 where Miami did this with BYU. It's not, that's not going to happen. So should BYU schedule Alabama in 2015? You say it's death. I feel strongly no. Why is that death? Okay, what, do you want me to go first or you? Uh, yeah, please explain to me okay. why that is the 2015, death I feel, is tough enough for BYU. That's a senior Taysom Hill and a senior uh, Jamal Williams, Bronson Fusi, that group. Will they be primed and ready for that kind of schedule? Sure, but I think it's too tough in September. Let's go back to something that we discussed this morning, the 1991 season. Ty Detmer wins the Heisman in 90. BYU yep. ranked as high as fourth in that season. Uh, I believe it goes 10-3 and three in that season. This is the one season you could compare to a potential 2015 with Be- Alabama. Because of how the season stacked up at the beginning. So in 1991, BYU starts the season. Pigskin Classic in Anaheim, California. With a tough uh, couple of games. All, uh, akin to what 2015 is going to be already, let alone with Alabama. So it was what? Florida, I'm st- Florida right State now. and the Pigskin Classic in ne- Anaheim. Neutral site. Number one team. They right? were the number one team in America. BYU loses that game. At UCLA, BYU loses that game by four. At Penn State, BYU loses. You, okay, you do have a home game in 2015 with Boise State. But BYU started 0-3. They recovered and went 8-0-2. They were not punished for playing a tough September schedule that much. Yes, they were. They finished with eight wins only. Were they the WAC champions? So were they a top 20 they team? They finished with eight wins. They were in the top 20, though. Yeah, good. 
that's great. I would love for, okay, that's assuming that you win all the rest of the games. Listen, it's hard enough in 2015. I want BYU to play Alabama, but not in 2015 because they already play at Nebraska, home against Boise State and at Michigan. Listen, it's Alabama. You don't have the opportunity to play the team in college football ever. That's the rule. I don't want to play teams. I want to beat teams. Okay, the, well, the reward. Take the opportunity. The reward is the opportunity. The risk is so high, though, that you start. Well, Listen, one, you're, zero and four, one and three, two me, and two. You're telling me with the amount of talent that BYU has coming in right now, and a potential senior Taysom Hill at quarterback, that BYU with those first four games, Michigan, Nebraska. Alabama, Boise State, they can't go 2-2 two and two in those four games. If they go 2-2, two and two, they're in great shape. And they've played on a national stage. They have exposure. It helps recruiting. Who, who doesn't want to come play for a team that has Alabama, Michigan, Nebraska, would, and Boise I, State? I would take 2-2. Two and, two. Two and it, But there's a chance that you go 1-3 and three or 0-4 and, and you're done. You have to take risks, though. You there, is, there are risks. At Nebraska <laughs> and at Michigan, those are risks. This is Alabama, though. This is Alabama. Like if some, if, I, would if love to, I would love to play Alabama. Just not in September with those teams okay, already Okay, play them in October. Let, great, let's do it. Sign so, me well, up right now. The thing is there are two dates. There's an open Sign date. Sign me up right now. There's an open date in October Oct- as well. There's two dates in October, October 3rd. Right now. October 3rd, Alabama has an and, opening on their schedule. And 10th for BYU. Sure, let's do it October 3rd. That that's, would be that, the, that's that, essentially the same thing, so I'm going to say no now. I changed my mind. I was waiting for you to catch on to Now that. that I realize that, yeah. Okay. And, and you're only playing, if you only played five home games, ah, you're making more money. You're making more money playing a home game against anybody clearly, than you are playing at Alabama. Clearly Tom Holmo is wise enough to know that he, he would not stick to five games. He would buy out a road game yeah, yeah, because he'd be yeah. getting a good chunk of change from Alabama. He would he would buy that out and schedule an FCS team. Listen, I assume that that Tom has talked to Alabama already with this, and he told us on this very show that his. I said, "Is your greatest fear scheduling too tough?" That's he one said, of them. He said, "Or too weak." To me, that's almost too tough. Like you're signing up for a couple of losses, so you're penciling like college football playoff probably out of possibility. Which I'm I'm not in on that for BYU. Like in any given season per se, I'm just like let's win double-digit games, whatever. I want to play Alabama, just not in September of 2015. That is too tough. Well, do, yes. Don't you want to be a P5 team? Yes, when that happens. Not right now. Ask Utah how that feels. I don't want that right now. Later, sure. Because then you're in, no and then Alabama. you can climb up. It's hard to say no to them it at is. any point. It's the hottest girl at the party. At any point. Yeah, we'd like, we'd like to go to the dance with you. Absolutely. Uh, we have some pretty stinking hot dates already lined up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's not it's not the hottest girl, but they're pretty hot. Point being, yeah, it's brutal early, but the opportunity is immense, and you I'm aren't as lot. you aren't as <laughs> penalized for losing two elite level teams. But it's that's two and two is good. That's I think that they have the team to do that with Taysom Hill. Anyway, our question today is: Let's just be Connecticut, man. Yes, <laughs> would you be willing to? Give up a home game to schedule Alabama in 2015. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's winter time. At Y4 Live. When it's Bama, you do it. Yes. I'm throwing into consideration everything that's going on. Like, in 1991, BYU started 0-3 with a senior tight Emmer. That just straight up stinks, man. And then they tied two games. Had they won the next 10? 
That's amazing to win 10 games in a row in a season. What if they finish 10 and 3? They tied two games that year, including the 52 52 debacle. At what San if Diego a volcano State? erupts right here? Okay, I'm saying they, they still finish as a top 20 team, though, with Ty Detmer. Like, they weren't penalized. What if you lose five games? I mean, if you're going to say, what if they win 10 games? What if they lose two more? What if they lose three more? You know what I mean? <laughs> at Big Uncle Pooh, uh, in response to the Twitter question, no, cannot cut into my tailgating. <laughs> he needs a home game. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> at Crazy Cook Fanatic, sacrifice now for what you want later. Plus, of national exposure and chance to slay Goliath outweighs cost to local fans. I think you got a couple of sort of Goliaths already on there. Do you, uh, and, I mean, now we're, for, we're now assuming for, that Nebraska and Michigan are going to be great. Maybe they're not. Like, we, yeah, know maybe Alabama's, they're not. we know Alabama's going to be great. Michigan was a seven-win team. A Michigan, uh, uh, Yeah, Michigan won seven games. Nebraska nine last year. Alabama's going to be great. <laughs> yes, they will. Up next, we welcome on one of the key parts of the BYU football team, a guy that's on the Remington Award watch list. Edward Fusi joins us next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. It's a Friday, Friday. Finish it off, Jerem. Got to get down on Friday. Schedule Alabama in 2015. (laughs) What? Wait, you said no. Let's do it, man. Man, that's just an an intriguing topic. No, no, no. Not going to happen. I want Alabama in 2015, just not in September. Not, not going to happen. Hey, Football Media Day is June 23rd, live on BYU TV. Mark it down. The BYU end. Sports the Nation <laughs> airs weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, org, and the BYU Radio iOS app, simulcast on BYU TV. Some scheduling news for the Cougars. Texas has been announced on September 6th. BYU will kick off at 5.30 Mountain Time. That game will be live on Fox Sports 1, so 7.30 Eastern. And the game against Middle Tennessee also has a kickoff time. Uh, 1.30 Mountain Time, 3.30 Eastern. On CBS, uh, CBS Sports. Sports Network. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. some scheduling news for BYU so football. So that means limited highlights for the pre and post game. <laughs> that's what that <laughs> as, as a producer, that's all you're that thinking. That means no rebroadcast. Oh, that's man. Hey, we're on Team Edward today, Jerem. Yes, we are. Edward Fusi is our in-studio guest right now representing Corona, California, BYU Football Center. Edward, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. How are you feeling today, man? I love the yellow shirt. Yeah, it's great. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's time to rock it. It's the summer, right? Yeah, it's time to rock it. you got to rock the yellow. You played at Mount San Antonio College before you came to BYU, and I'm always intrigued to talk to guys when you run out at the JUCO level in SoCal and then the first time you run out at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Can you compare and contrast the two dynamics of, of your first game at those schools? Oh, yeah. Mount Sac, you don't really have a lot of fans. just a lot of family. Over here, you fill up the stadium, so it's so much more fun. What was that like? What were you feeling the first time you ran out of the tunnel at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? It was crazy experience because just like looking around, having the helmet and shoulder pads back on, and just running with different people. So I, it was exciting. Uh, how many times do you have to tell people that Mount San Antonio College is not in Texas? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Had really asked me that. Oh yeah. Well, the thing is, the first time I heard well, that, I, just I, thought, I thought about it's in San that. Antonio, but it's yeah. in California. So Edward Fusi is on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, recently, you were named one of 64 guys on the Remington watch list for the nation's best center. What did that mean to you to be on that list? It was shocking because I received an email, and my, me and my wife were like, "What is this? I never heard <laughs> of this," you know. And then me and my wife did a little research and lo- learned a little bit more about it. I think it's exciting for me. Given annually to the best college football center, 
Uh, you're on that list. You started six games last year. You kind of got thrown into the mix with injuries and the crazy offensive line. What was what was it like playing uh, on a patchwork offensive line last year for BYU? Oh, man, it was crazy trying to adjust to the new coaching staff and new um, the the plays they have is really different from Mount Sac. And I think it was crazy the how fast we had to move. A little different. Yeah. What was the biggest adjustment for you? Um, probably the moving fast and going hard. That was probably the biggest difference for me. The offensive line is an interesting. Uh, standpoint as a football player because you don't get a ton of credit even though you're like moving mountains literally mm. and and you're you're not the star Wait, players. Literally? Well, I mean, some some people I yeah, think would mountain like. Yeah, <laughs> there are no mountains. Come on, yeah. oh Jerem, you and your English technicalities. Anyway, <laughs> Edward, let's continue this conversation. I'll just dip out for a minute. Okay. You don't get a lot of credit for all of the hard work you do because there's not a lot of statistical categories and whatnot. But you are thrown under the bus if if the quarterback gets sacked. How how is it dealing with that mentally as an offensive lineman? I think I I like the responsibility that protects someone that's important to the office, such as the office line. And I think it's, it's just fun, like, it's a challenge for me, and, and every play is a challenge. I know there are ways to quantify success as an offensive lineman. You get graded after the games, and you have X amount of pancake blocks and whatnot. How do you uh, know if you had a really good game? How do you quantify success? Uh, uh, I would say at the end of the game how I feel, and uh, my wife would tell me stuff. My mom oh, nice. is she, is she yeah. critiquing you, you from good. the sidelines? Yeah, my wife and my or my dad will just call me after the game. It's like, oh man, you look tired in the second quarter. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you get out there and line up against a 300 plus pounder for yeah. 90 plays. You run not yeah 89.9 plays or whatever. Uh, how does the coaching staff quantify success? How do they know who's doing well and who to who to start and who to sub in? Um, I think it's just from based off practice and. Offer practice to see who's doing really good in that spot. So would help the offense to pr- improve and get better. Or a W at the end of the day for the game. If I'm a fan and I don't know offensive line very well, what should I be watching and how do I know if BYU is doing its job? Oh, well, probably one thing is run blocks. You know, if you finish run blocks, um, pass protection, and if you see a lineman run downfield and making extra blocks, extra effort to run down. Do you get okay. do you get helmet stickers for that stuff? Like if they if you make a block down the field, uh, or how, how do you how do you guys earn the stickers on your helmet? Oh, so we have like three I think three pillars or four pillars, and if as an offense we accomplish those pillars, then we'll get a sticker for that. Okay, how, how important is getting a sticker to you? Because those look awesome. That's part of the BYU <laughs> tradition. Yeah. it's really important to all of us is just knowing that we did good as offense as a whole. The offensive line last year, we talked about the injuries and, and patchwork and having to play different positions. How does that make you better for year two of Go Fast, Go Hard? Um, makes me better because I have to not know my own job as a center, but know as the guard's um, position where they have to do in a certain play. So that makes me like understand where the offense is going, the concept of plays. Are you going to have to play any other position besides center in 2014? I don't know if I do. I... You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I guess they have that working for you, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Edward Fusi, center on the BYU football team, not the basketball team, is on BYU <laughs> Sports Nation. Uh, when you look at the upcoming season, year two of Go Fast, Go Hard, what will be different with the offense because it's year two? Hmm. I feel like in the spring practice, we have more communication throughout the whole line. 
and we're knowing what we should do. And we, they're having them, um, the center adjust the protection according to the blitzes, and so that's pretty fun. So, Edward, you, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, will you will you give us an idea of what that's like in the moment? So their linebackers, the Mike linebackers, moving around. A safety kind of comes up. So what are you saying? What what kinds of things are you saying to the line to make sure that you change the protection? And there are code words and stuff. Yeah, we have code words. Not only that, um, if I see a blitz coming from one side, then I'll call it to that side. And I think it's fun because you, as a center, you don't. Well, you see the QB reading for the defense. For me, I get to read the defense a little bit faster than him because I have to make the adjustment before he says hike. So it's pretty fun. You're a very soft-spoken guy, as, as we're finding out right now. In the heat of the moment, in the battle, when you're calling out different uh, protections and whatnot, I mean, by the end of the game, you're losing your voice? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. And then <laughs> make sure that everyone's on point. That's the thing. <laughs> Do you, is it kosher to, like, point at a guy if you're the center? Like, Mike, right there. You know, you're pointing at strong safety right there. You yeah. Guys. Yeah, so pointing doesn't – they still got to stop us. That's the biggest thing. So if we know who we're supposed to block, then – doesn't matter. They have to go through us before they get through the running back or the QB. They have to go through us. I like that. Yeah, like absolutely. That. Edward Fusi, BYU center on the football team, joining BYU Sports Nation. There's been this trend of uh, high-profile transfers coming to BYU. You yourself uh, coming from Mount San Antonio College, a, a junior college transfer. Why is it that BYU is a destination place for a lot of these guys that, that have some experience playing college football but, but want to go somewhere else? Why, why is BYU the place to be? Um, for me, BYU is the place for me because my wife's family's close by. She's from Salt Lake, so that was more the the issue. So, so you yielded to your wife. Yeah. Well, that's thank good, you. That's a good thing. Thank and, you. Uh, What's marriage. your wife's name? Lesieli. Lesieli. Yeah. Thank you very much for getting Edward Fusi to BYU. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Edward Fusi is on BYU Sports Nation. Last year, tons of plays run. That was the focus of. Uh, the offense, at least initially, was go fast, go hard. So second in the country at about 90 plays a game. How tough was that to have 90 plays a game as an offensive lineman? Oh, it was really tough, especially during practice when we're going that fast. Man, sometimes I feel like I'm going to just pass out <laughs> or call for some more water or something. It was really tough. Like with your diet, do you have to consume more because you're burning more as you have uh i guess more plays and whatnot does that affect that oh uh, i don't i don't know i don't really know about the dieting but well, i'm supposed to lose weight so oh, you're, uh, you're supposed to lose weight yeah who's harping on you to lose weight oh uh, everybody <laughs> two, 2j especially yeah especially my my parents they're big time okay yeah how's your relationship with Taysom hill oh uh, i think it's really great uh, sometimes i ask some questions what he sees and i tell him what i see and now it's all about trust and, and camaraderie and whatnot. Uh, when, when you're playing with him for the first time compared to the last game that you started, how did that relationship grow on and off the field? Hmm. You so, guys playing video games and stuff together? Uh, <laughs> you hang out? Uh, not really. After practice, we'll talk about practice and, okay. and ask him like, if he's okay and like, what, what I could do better as, as a lineman and uh, as a unit too. Edward Fusi is on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, who uh, who grades out as the best offensive lineman on the team? Ah, uh, I don't know. You right? Uh, hopefully, take the stance. Besides, <laughs> besides you, who who uh, who do you, in your opinion, is the best offensive lineman on the team? The best offensive lineman. I don't know. To really tell you the truth, I think as a unit we're doing really good. Like everyone's doing their part into putting everything. Not only that, they're putting their effort into everything. 
um, such as in practice, individuals, and in the warm-ups. Um, sometimes in the spring practice, it was kind of shocking for Coach Bronco, I think, and for us as a lineman to be in the front line in the warm-ups. Oh, okay. So, is, that a, is that a new thing? That's a new thing. So why did you guys change that this year? Because we probably wanted to uh, just make a statement that we're here, we're, in, we're improving, we want to be better. Every day. We're here to okay. protect. Yeah. Who's the strongest? I know there's always a competition about who the strongest guy is on the team. Mm. Some people chirp. Some people are kind of le- more soft-spoken. But he- here's your opportunity. Who's the strongest guy on the BYU football team? Oh, Tooney. Knuch. Tooney Knuch. Yeah. We hear he's a beast. Oh, he's In what a... way is he a beast? Man, you just got to watch this guy. This guy gets off the ball really just a powerful dude. He just You just see him just re- reacting, just knocking people over. <laughs> uh, is he... A guard, right? right? Yeah, he's a he's a right guard. Right guard. Okay, he has a sponsorship. I heard this fall. No, I don't. Bad know. joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speed <Jerome>. stick. <laughs> Roger Sievers with speed stick. Edward Fusi. Old Spice with Mike Haig. Old man. No. Yeah, no. Reaching. Stop. Stop. <laughs> you have represented Corona very well, and uh, we wish you congratulations on being uh, yeah. on the Remington Award watch list. We'd like you, you to sign our BYU Sports Nation Rise Up flag. Can you give us your autograph? Oh, okay. <laughs> please, that, please that, give us your that, okay. That didn't sound like it might be okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. You didn't, you didn't tell me I was going to do this. That's just good. And, yeah. and, and thanks for the time and good luck this fall. We look forward to uh, 10 guys back from the O line. Yeah. It's going to be good. Up next, BYU volleyball and how they're influencing Team USA. Taylor Sander, a short thing Olympian. We're going to ask one of his coaches and a former BYU volleyball player next. BYU Sports Nation continues on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. It's a Friday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Log on to BYUTVSports.com today for the latest in BYU Sports News with articles, interviews, and highlights, as well as access to hundreds of games in the film room. Go to BYUTVSports.com today. And one. That's how we do that. Count it. <laughs> Our guest joining us now, Mike Wall, two-time national champion at BYU in men's volleyball, first-team All-American, and now current assistant coach for Team USA men's volleyball. Mike, I know you took a recent trip to Bulgaria. Has your clock adjusted? Have you recovered from the jet lag? Yeah. No, I haven't, actually. <laughs> but uh, it was a... Uh... It was a great trip, um, a great way to start World League. Uh, we were all real excited about you know those matches and how they went. And uh, but yeah, all in all, it was a great trip over there. Two wins uh, in World League play for Team USA. Before we dig into Taylor Sander and Russell Holmes, the Cougars that played in those matches for Team USA, as a former Cougar uh, at the highest level with Team USA, what's it been like to I guess represent BYU to a degree at the highest level in volleyball? Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um it's it's been educational um and uh you know the BYU program uh has consistently been producing you know great results and great uh players uh, as as a pipeline to the USA men's team. So um it's been great. Uh, I have a lot of uh I guess you know great memories from from BYU and uh and all in all I think it's uh they're doing a great job. Mike, you are a huge part of that foundation, uh, two-time national champion at BYU. Why have they been able to sustain, do you think, that level of excellence within the BYU program? Yeah, I think it all goes back to Carl. You have to give Carl a lot of uh, a lot of the credit. Um, 
he built such a strong foundation there that that that's in my opinion why they've been able to sustain it it's also a unique environment you know it's just there's not a whole lot of men's volleyball or women's volleyball arenas in the country that are like the field house so um i think you know it's a unique place to play um and uh and carl built a, a foundation that um clearly was able to uh to get through some uh, rocky times and then pull out and chris has done a great job stabilizing things and getting back to uh, where they want to be, which is, you know, competing for national championships every year. So um, I, I think that's, you know, where the rubber meets the road is where Carl, I think, is the foundation that Carl built. Carl McGowan, Chris McGowan, and then you, you guys are involved in Gold Medal Squared. You uh, do elite training with volleyball that way. How much uh, how much influence do you try and, I guess, have with uh, the McGowans uh, to help BYU maintain the program it has? You're, uh, two of those three guys are on the coaching staff. You are not. Uh, sorry, I don't, can you, I don't know if I understood the question there. Sure. So the three of you are involved with gold medal squared. Uh, the McGowan's are on the BYU, uh, coaching staff. How much, uh, I guess, how much credit do you give to kind of the training that went into, I guess, gold medal squared with Chris? Because, uh, it's interesting. This is his first coaching job at any level. Right. Um, yeah, again, you know, it goes back to being around great, great coaches. I think for Chris, you know, he's been surrounded by, for, he's been surrounded by guys like Marv and Doug and, and Carl, his dad, um, and you know Rob Browning and, and all these great, great and Hugh McCutcheon and all these people that have influenced uh, all of us. And uh, I think there's some there's some nuts and bolts to coaching that clearly uh, you, can, you can come in with and have a, a general sense of you know here's how we want to teach passing, here's how we want to teach how, how we want to teach blocking, some of the, the teaching mechanics, but really as a head coach there is no there is no one playbook and so while i think gold medal squared you know certainly gives a decent foundation to uh the teaching of the games you know the, the fundamental skills and, and stuff like that you, you there's so much on the job training that happens as a coach that uh you just have to do it to to learn and get that experience so uh, i know chris will tell you you know year 1 year 2 year 3 as you go you just you learn and you learn and learn the learning never stops so um, it certainly uh, is, is valuable, and uh, the foundational component of it is huge. Uh, and then once you get in, in, into the actual job, you're going to be learning, you know, all this other stuff. How do you manage the guys? How do you build relationships? You know, there's all these other components to uh, to coaching than just teaching the fundamental skills. So, Mike yeah, Walt, uh, yeah, two-time national champion at BYU, first-team All-American on BYU Sports Nation, now an assistant coach for Team USA men's volleyball. Mike, you're working closely with Taylor Sander, who obviously had – a brilliant BYU career, much like yourself. Do you ever talk trash to him about uh, who had the better career as a Cougar? <laughs> yeah, not yet, not yet. I, uh, <laughs> I actually don't even know who had a better career. For sure, he was, he's a better volleyball player than I would it was ever. You know? Really? So, you, 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 wow, you, you say that like that's not, that's not even a discussion. Uh, he's, well, he's going to be an Olympian, and uh, he's, he's, he's a pretty talented kid, so... Um, I think when I back when I was at BYU, we had a pretty darn good team, and, uh, and and so I was lucky to be surrounded by um, by great players, and, and we had a setter in, in Hector LeBron that made me uh, way better than I probably actually was. So um, Taylor is a special, a unique talent, and uh, and we're fortunate to to have him. You know, not only be in the gym with USA, but we're fortunate to to have a guy that's been trained by, by Chris and Carl and, and uh, coming in here as prepared as I think a college player can be. So uh, those guys, you know, they did a great job preparing him for, for this environment. 
You mentioned uh, he'll be an Olympian. Do you, do you expect him to be on the roster for Rio in 2016? Yeah, we certainly don't know at this point, but right. I would imagine that Taylor is going to, at some point in his career, I'm imagine, I imagine that he'll be at an Olympic Games competing. So Awesome. I want to follow up on yeah. something you said earlier, too. You had great teammates. You mentioned Hector LeBron, just a game changer that led BYU to two national championships. When BYU's won the national championship, they've had an elite setter. Uh, Carlos Moreno in 04 was that guy. Did did Taylor Sander have the same kind of pieces around him that you had when you won two national championships? Yeah, I, I really don't know. You know, I uh, I've watched a few matches. I've uh, been been to a few matches, and uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know how to answer that question. Um, Chris is probably the guy to answer that question. But you know, <laughs> all, all all I can say about uh, about Hector is that he um, the one thing about playing for Hector was he I wanted to be good for him you know and uh and I've, every time Hector would set me a ball he'd turn around and look at me and, and it was this this kind of this communication like was that okay is that good enough is that what you wanted and uh and Hector had 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 an ability to uh to connect with his players and to get everything out of them so um you know I don't know beyond that how 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 the guys there there now would uh you know how how they are, but um, certainly, certainly Hector was uh, a joy to play with. Mike Wall, former first team All American for BYU men's volleyball, two time national champion, and now assistant coach for Team USA men's volleyball on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk a little bit more about Taylor. Since he has finished his career at BYU and now playing in uh, the World League matches, which I'm interested to ask uh, a little bit more about, but in, in the matches that he has played with Team USA thus far. Uh, how has he performed in your perspective? Yeah, night one uh, versus Bulgaria, Taylor was a starter for us. And uh, he, the nice thing about night one against Bulgaria is they've never, they've, you know, they've probably seen him play in college a little bit. Those guys are watching lots of, lots of, lots of film, but uh, they've never competed against him and they don't have any film against him, you know, at, an, at the international level. So uh, it was nice to kind of go into that match with him as a little bit of a, a surprise um he performed great he uh he had a ton of of great swings um and he he made an impact on the match so um this is night two they uh obviously they had a little more information on him they were able to scout him but he still was great so you know at the end of the day uh he makes our gym better um he he raises the, the level of competition in that outside hitter spot and uh there's no doubt we're uh we're happy to have him so World League competition last week, two wins in Bulgaria. Now you prepare for Russia next week uh, in, in Long Beach. What can fans expect, uh, especially watching the BYU Cougars, Russ Holmes and Taylor Sander next week, if they want to go to those matches at Long Beach? Yeah, we'd love to see uh, any BYU fans in Long Beach. Uh, we're hoping to pack that place. We're going to need every bit of uh, support we can get. Russia's, as you know, uh, a force. And uh, we're going to have to play great to uh, to take one off those guys. But uh yeah, Taylor, uh, we haven't decided the final roster yet for next weekend, but uh, there, there will likely be some Cougars on it, and uh, we'd love to, to have you guys there supporting us. So, I know Futi Tavana is getting married this weekend, uh, but is he still in the mix for possibly being on a World League roster at some point this year? He is on the World League roster already. Um, the Futi is currently uh, managing some shoulder stuff. So, um, Is that what he told you? To- Instead of hey, I'm yeah. getting married. <laughs> we actually, yeah, we actually did do know that he's getting married, but uh, yeah, the, I uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't just bust him too bad, but the 
we're just trying to get him healthy. You know, he's absolutely in the mix. Um, he's competing for a spot, and uh, you know, we like him a lot. So uh, we just got to get his shoulder back to, to full strength, and uh, away we go. Mike, I'm gathering the World League is is Olympic caliber uh, style of play. Is this the closest thing you're going to get to the Olympics? Not being in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean it's it's a big time event with uh, a lot of prize money and teams, you know, programs take it seriously. So um, not only is it you know great international experience for the young guys that are in our gym, but yeah, we're trying to win. You know, people are trying to, you know, you, you get some prize money. You, you uh, it's it's an event that that all all countries take seriously, and uh, yeah, so absolutely, it's uh, it's it's the top for sure. Well, Mike, it was fun to chat. Uh, one of the all-time BYU greats. We appreciate the time and good luck next week against Russia. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Thanks to Mike Wall, former two-time national champion at BYU, Team USA Volleyball assistant coach. After that conversation, I'm hard-pressed to believe that Taylor Sander will not play for Team USA, let alone have a major role in Rio in 2016. Yeah, it's very exciting. He's uh, one of the best BYU players ever. To me, number two to Ryan Millar, who played in three Olympics and won a gold in 08. Uh, played internationally, number one in kills and blocks at BYU. What a tremendous player, and it's fun to see him at the next level. That's the thing with BYU athletes that you want to see. Go to the league, NFL, NBA, you know, Team USA, whatever, and do something. You know, Jimmer, we're still waiting for him to make that leap in the NBA. NFL, it's been fun to see Ziggy kind of excel. Hopefully he does better. So Taylor, in his realm, USA volleyball, like that's where he's going to make his mark. And he'll play internationally in Europe, but hard, hard to kind of know what's going on there versus Team USA. Be pretty sweet to talk to a gold medal winner, Taylor Sander, when they win in 2016. Absolutely. <laughs> in <laughs> Rio. I want to go down to that. I served my mission in Brazil. I want to be there and be, see be, Taylor. Be the tour guide if I go, if I go with you? Yeah. All right, man. Let's go, man. BYU Sports Nation in Brazil. From real. <laughs> Woo! We've got this crazy conversation brewing on the outside about BYU football and the potential of playing Alabama. Crazy tweets. You do not want to miss this. More of that next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Show is also on demand. Yes, it is. If you missed it live, no worries. Video is on BYUTV.org/slash DVR audio. Every afternoon on BYUSportsNation.com. Alabama Athletic Director Bill Battle is in quite the scenario. He needs a game for 2015 for the Crimson Tide's football schedule. In an article by Jeremy Fowler of CBS Sports, he said, and I summarize, we've reached out to everybody we know. We can't, and essentially they can't get anybody to play them. So then. I wonder why. Jeremy Fowler says, <laughs> what about BYU? And I quote, Battle's response was, well, oh, actually, we've, we've called, and he said, we've called everybody. We are scared we of BYU. Know. Is that what he said? No. No? No. Battle wants to get this done quickly because it gets more expensive <laughs> to schedule a team the closer you get to that date because it's, it's harder for travel arrangements and all that stuff. So we've discussed basically, do you want BYU to schedule Alabama if it costs you a home game? At the cost. Or at all, you know? <sighs> or at all. The answer to me is yes, you want to schedule Alabama. I just don't want to do it in that September. I just think that's murderer's row. So you would put them in the 2015 schedule? I wouldn't mind putting them in the schedule, just not in September. Why? Why? I mean, it's too tough. You're going to come out one and three. If you're going to play them anyway. Best case scenario, two and two. Those are tough games, man. Are you going to beat Alabama later in the year? You're going to have a better chance of beating them later in the year? No, you're going to lose. There's injuries. There's. 
confidence. There's all sorts of things that go into how a team plays. The exception is the 91 season because you had the Heisman Trophy winner. You, you may team. very well have a guy that goes to New York quarterbacking your BYU team. If Taysom Hill has a That's big year That's the best case scenario. I'm going to call it now. Taysom Hill's not going to New York. I would love for that to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Here's the thing. BYU and Alabama both have open dates on September 19th and I believe October 3rd. Alabama has only traveled north of the Alabama State Line twice to play non-conference games They're in the past 10 They're not coming to Provo. Years. Is that worth it to BYU, too? So it's clearly like not B- going to be in Provo. BYU fans, it's like, oh, a one-off with Alabama, yes. But is that worth it to BYU? Like, is Tom Homo like, you know what? Yeah, let's do that. I don't know. Apparently not. If Alabama's reached out to everyone, they know. That's the thing. He knows. He, he understands all of this because he's directing it. Okay, I don't think that BYU is going to schedule Alabama. The prospect of it just sounds yes, really yes, enticing to me. Discussion. Because... Because it creates exposure, and it makes exposure you, can be negative. Not if you compete well. Even if you lose to what Alabama if you don't and, lo- compete and lose well. by seven or ten, I like lo- yeah, you went and you played the second or third ranked team in the country, maybe number one. Just as you throw up the what if positive, I throw up the what if negative. Right? Why do you do that? Because it's fair to the situation. <laughs> Listen, you're the blue goggles guy. I'm not the blue goggles guy. I am too, but not to the same degree. So I just, I just think, yes, yes, you want to prove yourself, right? Do that by winning. It doesn't have to be at Alabama. BYU's won eight games the last two years with no Alabama. You're not relevant if you win eight games They're each better. year. They're better. They will be better than They're they were better those than two us, teams. And their hair okay. smells like cinnamon. <laughs> Hashtag thank you, Ron Burgundy. Yeah. BYU is going to be a better team in the next two years than they were the previous two years. I hope so, because eight is unacceptable. Nine so, would have felt better. The, the one game difference feels a lot different. If ten, you're two you and two, what a, win ten games a year to be to matter. What I'm saying is if you play Alabama, Nebraska, Michigan, and Boise State and you don't win ten games, people are not going to be as set on, oh, disappointing season, you didn't win 10 games. But if you beat, like, Michigan and Boise, you lose to Nebraska and Alabama, you still go to a bowl game, you're ranked at 9-3 and three or 9-4. and four. Is that bad? I don't no. Know, I don't know that BYU's ranked at 9-3. and three. If you beat two of those first four teams in September, if Alabama's in the mix... You're so not then, in a bad so then place. You, then you had another loss. You're That's not, what in, a, I'm saying. You're not like, in a bad place. You lost to Cincinnati or UNLV or Fresno State or Utah State or something. There's a lot of what ifs with it. Do, I, I repeat, do I want BYU to schedule Alabama if the opportunity presents yes. itself? Yes is the answer. I just don't like stacking September so hard against you that you ruin your psyche and confidence and maybe you get banged up at the beginning of the season. Then it affects the rest of the eight. It's just the excitement factor. Yes, you, you I'm excited. You don't too. have an opportunity to play Alabama very often. I mean, I want to play Alabama. Yes, bring on the tide. War Eagle. How many times has BYU yes, played Alabama? Yes, I said War Eagle because it's Auburn. Once? Yeah, one in 98 because Glenn Tuckett was the athletic director. Former athletic director it took of BYU. Extraordinary circumstances to make that game happen. BYU had a home and road scheduled with Alabama in 95 96. Didn't happen. Can you imagine that 96 team playing Alabama? It's not the Alabama that you know now. BYU would have beat them. Alabama in the late nineties was marginal. They were they were BYU ninety six in Tuscaloosa five hundred team. Cougars compete well, probably win that game. That's a fourteen and one team. 
that wow. did not play a strong schedule per se, one loss at Washington, but that would have been interesting. The Cougars have done this before. In 1991, as you mentioned, they opened the season against the number one ranked Florida State Seminoles in the Pigskin Classic in Anaheim. Then they played at UCLA and at Penn State. They were 0-3. They got their first win that year against an Air Force team that was ranked and finished 10-3. and They beat the Falcons 21-7. So you could argue that even if Alabama gets thrown into this mix, or hypothetically they were thrown into this mix, the 1991 season was every bit as, as difficult as that because Air Force was a really good football team. And the 91 season and that team is not considered one of the best teams in BYU history, despite the way that they finished the season because there were two ties and they only ended up with, count it, eight wins. That's what BYU did last year. But they had two ties and they were a ranked team. You can't call last year 1991. Only in the same number of wins, dude. It's, what, what matters in a season? How many wins you had? The that fact that Ty Detmer the finished most. third in the Heisman Trophy voting and still won the Davey O'Brien That's award fantastic. That year. <laughs> That's not the number one reason you play the game, though. It's to win. <laughs> you play to win the game. And by adding Alabama, which is albeit exciting, you just increase the risk of loss. Listen, first things first. What happens in late August of this year? Countdown to Connecticut. 91 days. Don't pull a Virginia and you just don't matter. You know what I mean? Like you can climb back, you can climb back from that, but you need to win. The win Boise the State model was win. Our Twitter question today is as a BYU fan, do you want to schedule Alabama at the cost of one less home game? That would mean five home games. Use the hashtag BYUSN to have your tweets used on air. We're coming back with those next. War Eagle! This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. 91 days away for Taysom Hill and BYU before they take on Connecticut. Three months from yesterday. You know what time it is? It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. A lot going on here. J.D. Falslev is turning heads in the Canadian Football League. According to a Toronto Argonauts blog, Falslev is becoming a prime target as he leaped over DBs to make catches that guys his size wouldn't even dream of. And one. Also, BYU has granted a release for Yona Pritchard, backup running back. We've learned the last couple of minutes. Jay Drew of the Salt Lake Tribune is reporting Pritchard will transfer as a graduate transfer to Oregon State to play with his brother Baker, who transferred from BYU after his mission. Soccer. BYU's undefeated season. And my chance at a free team jacket has unfortunately ended after a 2-0 loss to FC Tucson last night, including an incredible bicycle kick. I mean, one of the one of the greatest goals I've seen all year. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, the Cougars play at the under-23 San Jose Earthquakes team tomorrow night. Baseball. Adam Law, former Cougar, went 2-4 last night with two RBIs and three runs yesterday for a single-A Rancho Cucamonga. He's batting 3-11 for the Quakes now. He's doing nicely. Nice work. Track and field. Jason Witt and Kyle Baker both qualified for the NCAA championships in the 10,000 meters and javelin. Jared Ward did not finish the 10,000 meter race due to a stress fracture. Now Cougars in the PGA. Former Cougars Daniel Summerhays uh, at the, what's the name of the tournament again? Memorial Tournament? Yes. Uh, Summerhays is plus two through one today. Mike Weir plus one through 15. Uh, the projected cut, one over par. So those guys right there trying to make the cut for Saturday. We have some more football news, apparently, that is coming to BYU Sports Nation. We'll gather that for you. Uh, in the meantime, we play for you our favorite sounds of the week. 
So each mile that I ran was in honor of a different name on that wall. He got invited to that Peyton Manning uh, passing camp. He was really excited about it. But to show you how level-headed he is, he said for a while that he kind of was questioning whether he should go or not because it meant that he didn't have to leave his team for three or four days. And my first thought is, Jerem needs to get a life. I mean, obviously when I was in the Olympics, I didn't really care that I was racing, but I was more concerned about what I was going to bring back for the studio. How do I get one of those BYU soccer jackets? I will gift you mine if we finish the season undefeated. Will you really? There we go, yes. Right, who's the you biggest guy on your team? Got anybody with a double XL? People don't uh, don't often get that wish made. But like like flip a coin into water. Right, every wish. For me, it was like little. kiss a certain girl in high school. No, like that was, that was It didn't thing. happen? Yeah. Yeah. It never little. happened. <laughs> Candace <laughs> Knutson. <laughs> Sorry, Whitney. Okay. I remember we came in after USC, the second set. He just came in and gave me a huge hug instead of being the disgruntled injured player he was just being super supportive i feel like i'm yelling oh no you're not yelling you're just talking with uh energy whatever you want to call it right yelling energy talk (laughs) loud noises we have just received word and it has been confirmed to byu sports nation that byu has granted billy green quarterback uh, a transfer as well no word on where he's going to go, when he's going to go, but they have now granted two transfer opportunities to Yona Pritchard, who we learned from J. Drew at Salt Lake, is uh, headed to Oregon State, and Billy Green will also be granted a transfer waiver. I bet this has been in the works for a couple of weeks because uh, there's a walk-on quarterback who is going to go on a mission from Florida, uh, who's going to be a preferred walk-on this fall, will delay his mission. I uh, can't remember his name, uh, but he's going to come play. So quarterback situation, it's Taysom Hill, it's Christian Stewart, and then some other guys this fall. Let's head to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. Would you be willing to give up one more home game at the cost of scheduling Alabama in 2015? Atosha sure. in 19 says, as appealing as Bama initially sounds, starting the season 1-3 and three or 0-4, oh you sound like Jerem, doesn't sound good two at all. 2-2 would so, be um, great. No, not worth it. Yeah, what, what about finish going 2-2? Two and two? You're not even giving him a chance. That's, yeah. Four, hey, we'll go four and oh. Okay, now you're talking. Now you're ranked number one, number three at BubbleNet. No way. Bama owes us a game in Provo anyway from no, 1998. They're not coming here. They're not. <laughs> oh, thanks to our guests, Edward Fusi and Mike Wall. Happy Friday. Episodes of the show on demand at BYUSportsStation.com. Shout out to Derek Stevenson.